0: To is Kyrie Irving? When you talk about him being his team, it's not the Boston Celtics. It's Danny Ainge's team. It's Brad Stevens' team. People
1: are talking like we won't still have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. And don't forget about Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, Brad Stevens, and Danny Ainge.
2: Welcome to the Celtics Center.
1: You have entered the Celtics Center with Adam, Cody, and Brendan. Today we're going to be shitting all over Willie Cauley Stein. Oh yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, let's just jump straight into this. Over Twitter, over the last 24 to 48 hours, the main scenario has been that the Celtics go in for Willie Cauley Stein. Brendan, I know that you're quite connected with the Kings fan base. Please break down why we should not go after this trash.
2: Yeah, so listen. If for people that are not educated on my life, that obviously have an issue, you need to get educated first of all. Uh, I have a Kings podcast I run as well. I'm Sacramento based, and there is no more annoying player than Willie Cauley Stein. Not sure, even he, Kyrie. No, I would no, no, no. I mean, Kyrie maybe as a person because Cauley Stein's a cool person, and Kyrie's just wild and out there. Uh, but Colley Stein is the most frustrating player you've ever seen. Like they, When they drafted him, he was perfect. He was a rim protector. And then one day he got his hand, a finger caught between the ball and the rim. And then from there, he will never put his hands above his shoulders when he plays defense. He absolutely refuses to. And he gives himself comparisons to Porzingis, to Karl-Anthony Towns. This guy will not accept his role. The article of him not wanting to be in Sacramento was because he's like, yeah, I want to do pick and pops. I want to do all this other stuff and not be just a rim running big. If he was good with doing that, he'd be amazing. But Kali Stein thinks that he can be a star when he just really is not. The rebounding numbers, sure, he pulls down eight boards a game, but the guy cannot rebound. Uh, He just is athletic in seven feet, so... He's bound to get a few, but he doesn't get any sort of positioning. Uh, Guys will easily get offensive boards over him. And the most frustrating thing is that, you know, one game he'll go out and grab 12 boards, rarely, and then the next game he'll have zero. It's just extremely inconsistent. And it's just the most annoying player you've ever seen. Like, sure, there's upside, but it's not consistency. And honestly, I'm not worried because I think that Danny is smart, and so is Brad, that there's no chance Collie Stein's there. Collie Stein is the worst rim protector in the entire league. When he's on the floor, opposing teams shoot four, nearly 4% better at the rim. But he it's He's horrendous. I'm honestly, like I said, not worried. I don't think Danny even looks in Collie Stein's direction. Cody?
0: Um, well, obviously Brennan has more information about Willie Collie Stein uh, than I do. I remember Back in the day when he was coming out of the draft, you know, that was. He looked like a cool option. Like Brandon said, if he did do that rim running big DeAndre Jordan type style, pellet type style of play, where, you know, you're just sitting at the rim, you're getting rebounds, you're blocking shots, I think he'd be a great fit for this team. But like Brandon's saying, if he wants to, you know, pick and pop with the jump shot that they don't really think he has and stuff like that, then I don't really there were a lot of the the roles was a big thing for the Celtics all year and not accepting roles was a big reason why the Celtics struggled so much they did in the beginning of the season and continued to struggle throughout so a guy who can't accept his role I would rather just not um so like I was thinking about Willie Colley Stein because I mean for me Willie Colley Stein is still I still think of him as that college player where I'm like well he would be dope but I, you know, play in Sacramento. I'm I'm not too keen on Sacramento. I mean, I watched them more because they were pretty good this year, um, or at least better than they were supposed to be, and they had Celtics implications with the draft pick. Um, but I, I'm going to trust Brendan 100 percent on this. If he doesn't want him, I don't want him. Um, I'm a big Dwayne Dedman guy. I think I would murder for Dwayne Dedman to be on the Celtics. Um, <laughs> I, he's, I wanted him the last two years. I feel like he does everything we want and more. Um he's a big physical tanky dude down low, blocks some shots, gets some rebounds. Uh kinda like Aaron Baines, a little bit better. Um I, I like yeah. Dwayne Deadman. I think that's our that should be the Celtics' main target because not only is he gonna come cheaper, like he won't you probably get like eight million, uh maybe ten million if you really want to get him and he has a big market. Um what should be fine if you know a three year ten uh ten a year or three year eight a year. That would be perfect. Let Rob develop behind him and then once he's ready, he Dwayne Denman would be a really nice trade piece or a nice bench piece once you know, Time Lord is ready and you have your development of Grant Williams and all the other forwards that we will have now and in the future. So Dwayne Denman's my top target. Um I feel like at this point right now I think the Celtics should just get pieces here and there, and then going after one big piece. I think a the one big piece is already in place. I think Jason Tatum is our one big piece. Um, see with Jalen, take this year to see if Jalen Brown can be that second piece, a third piece, or if he's not in this timeline that we want, uh, which I believe he will be. You have Marcus Smart there as well, a good point guard who Brennan's talked me into him starting, which I like. Um, that now you know him be bringing his defense for thirty plus minutes a game. As well as his playmaking, which is better than Terry Rozier's. Yes, his offense this year is pretty good, Um, at least better than the years past. There could be still some improvements, like being more efficient from three and having that three ball um, be able to stretch the floor and become a threat is something that all oh, I want. I mean, that's my one thing. I want a, a three-point shooting point guard who can pass the ball really well. If Mark and Smart can just you know shoot three okay. His defense will make up for that. Um Yeah, but I smart think
1: thirty-six percent a- this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, if he keeps if he keeps that up, then fine. But also, I feel like that's an outlier year. He shot barely thirty the rest of his years in his career. So if he Marcus Smart shoots thirty six percent from three his in, the rest of the way, I'm a hundred percent fine of having Marcus Smart run the show. A hundred percent. I'm so
1: down with just, that.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's where I think we should go. Is little pieces here and there. Get some solid role players to go along with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward. Because remember, we still have Gordon Hayward. Um, as of right now, whether people want, Danny wants to trade him and just restart over or not. I mean, we saw at the end of the year, Gordon was looking like Gordon. And if Gordon is Gordon, that means we're getting a 20 point scorer who can dish out six assists and four boards or four boards and, or six boards and four assists and be a efficient player from all three levels.
1: I said this a in a previous with- podcast that with Kyrie, if Kyrie was to leave and Al was to leave, then this is kind of Gordon's team. He becomes the number one option. I think that's when you're going to actually see Gordon be Gordon. I know we had the health issues last year as well, but having him as the number one option moving into this year, having Tatum as the second and then say Brown as the third, I see Tatum making the All-Stars in the East. There's a hot take.
2: Yeah. Well, to me, like, you really, you know, really, last year, like, you put up that clip about Kyrie isolating, and Cody had a good point It's Kyrie Irving is potentially one of the best isolation players in the league. I mean, you can pretty comfortably say that. Um But that was never Celtics basketball to go ISO. That's this is my Tatum. point, bro. Yeah, even Tatum a little bit. It doesn't, like, he ISOs more than what you're used to as Celtics a little bit. Like, you look at the Warriors, and there's so much freaking talent. But you don't even say that one guy is the first option. So I feel like next year we get back to not having like a number one option, but the ball is just going to be moving around and everybody's going to get their shots. And it's just going to be about an open look no matter who
1: takes it. The thing is as well with that clip, I just want to defend myself here a little bit. I got quite a bit of hate for that clip. God damn. So, look, I break down film. I was breaking down a, a game between the Celtics and the Nuggets. I clipped that clip a little bit short, but Kyrie had the ball. He brought the ball up court, had multiple options. I think Tatum came off a pin down. Another screen was set for him elsewhere, but Kyrie went to the left-hand side, down into the corner, ran himself into trouble, and then by that point, there's only seven seconds left, then goes Issa. Dude, that's... Look, I get it. Kyrie's an iso guy. It's a shot that you want him to take. In the first quarter, when it's tied at four points each, like, the game's... No one's barely warm, dude. Move the rock. Like, exactly what you said, Brendan. Celtics basketball. Move the rock. Find a good shot. That ball stuck in his hand for almost the entire 24-second shot clock. I'm not down with that.
2: Yeah. And did we see the... uh you guys see the article saying that Kyrie had a bad relationship with Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens? How the fuck like, did you it, have a bad... Exactly. Like, is that heard of? I mean, like, besides, like, you know, uh, Sean Marks, not Sean Marks, um, who's the old the old Nets GM. I'm sure he has a terrible relationship with Danny Ainge now, you know? Anybody that's gotten <laughs> police by him, sure. But actual, like, players all seem to love Danny and Brad. Why would you not? It's just, like, I just don't understand. I feel like at some point Kyrie is gonna have to snap out of this and realize it's him and not the team. But aside from Kyrie, I mean, you, we were talking about centers a little bit. Obviously, there's a big need with Al gone, which I still cry about. Cody sends me ice cream so we can just sulk together. Where's my ice cream? You can get some.
0: That's fine. I'll send you some ice cream. Yeah, ice yeah. cream and heroin. That's been like basically my week. <laughs> yeah.
2: But the draft helped a little bit.
0: Yeah, a little bit. So I I kicked the hair one, but anyway. There you
2: go. So, you mentioned Deadman. I mean, Deadman and Brook Lopez are going to be super hot commodities on this market. They're cheap relatively, and they do everything that you want in a modern big. They rim protect, they space, and they run, and they rebound. Um, Those guys both want to stay where they are, it seems, and and there's so many other teams throughout the leagues that want them. So, the Celtics do have a benefit of being a well-known franchise like so you do almost get players there more often compared to like Sacramento. Like we say, there's a Sacramento tax. You got to pay pay extra just because you're the Kings. So there's a better chance, but really there's a good chance you strike out on both of those guys. Then you're stuck with Vucevic, who I don't know how you guys feel, but there's no way in hell I want to throw him a max contract. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about Valenciunas. He turned down that player option, which blew my mind. That was like $17 million. So I would think he... Assumes he's getting more money somewhere, or maybe he didn't like it in Memphis. Uh, but what do you think of Alan Chunas? He started to hit the three a little bit. Last year, he only shot a, uh, one of them a game about, but hit him, uh not a great rate. I mean, close to 30%, but he's a beast of a rebounder. He he can score back to the basket a little bit. Still t- only 27 years old. Is there any interest there?
0: Um. I would like to see what kind of contract you would be getting. Um, I do like Valanchunas. I mean, we saw him in Toronto for the last few years, and he has been somewhat of a. I mean, any rebounding big has been somewhat of a Celtics killer the last few years, and uh, he he does a really good job positioning himself and getting rebounds. And I mean, like you said, only twenty seven, and has become more offensively versatile. And I think he will be cheaper than Vucevic. Um, and I think he offers a little bit more defensive potential. Not a great defender, but I think he's a little more solid in the post than Vucevic is. So, if he wants... Well, he turned down the $17 million, so he thinks he can get more. If he gets more than that, I, I don't know if I would like to throw $20 million at uh, Valanciunas. Yeah, am not 100% sure, Especially we have, what, thirty 32- two. Thirty-two mil to play with this year. Thirty-six mil to play with around. I think after uh,
2: the draft picks, it's like twenty-seven. If I'm not
0: 27 oh yeah, twenty-seven. Right, right, yeah. Twenty-seven is the number. Um, do you want to like waste two-thirds of your cap room? Yeah. For Valentina's thing, if he gets like a gets down to like twelve, thirteen, I'd be down for that. Three or four years for twelve mil a yeah. year. And then, yeah, he wouldn't be the vocal point on of offense. Like he, he played really well in Memphis. What I saw is that he declined the option, but is interested in staying in Memphis. So they're trying to work something out. So I don't know if they're trying to free up space or whatever Memphis is doing because Memphis is looking like a pretty decent team now with John Morant, JJJ, and Brandon Clark as well as Valanciunas. So I don't really know how Valanchunas fits into their plans because they look set on the five, five and four. And I don't know if Valanchunas is gonna take a bench roll or not, where I think he came off the bench a little bit last year, uh, once he got traded. But anyway, I would be fine if it was like ten to 13, 14 mil a year, but I don't think I would like to go over eighteen for him or seventeen for him. You know, I just don't think he's it's weird because there are these big men who are running the floor and spacing out are cool, and then you have these heavy plotting back to the basket centers, which have been deemed unfit and unfair. But we just saw Valanchunas have a really good year. We just saw Vucevic have a all-star season. So if you can play, you can play. And I feel like Valanchunas can play. He offers some offensive versatility. He can stretch out a little bit. Um, good mid-range shooter and good behind back to the basket. So if, like I said, the price is right, sure, but I don't want to pay a bunch for him.
1: I'm fully down for him, but again, Cody's right. It needs to fit in with the cap room. I like guys like Valanciunas, guys that get their head down, they can just grab boards. He's never going to be a destructive force in this system on offense, but we really, really struggle, like Cody said again, against guys that can grab boards. They eat the Celtics alive at the moment. We could do with a traditional size, the big... Just to kind of solidify us when we go against these banging teams, kind of like, you know, when you play Detroit and you're up against, like, Drummond and Griffin. right? Yeah. Like, that's where I feel we have the biggest problem. I don't know about you guys, but for me, guys like that, guys like Monroe that's notoriously good against us, It we could a guy like Valentinus can help us set that.
0: No, I agree with that. Uh, the thing is how much minutes you're going to play because of his, you know, defense um, and, you know, He's not the most athletic, and you know he's a center. So he, if you yeah. play him, like you pay him like thirteen, he plays thirty minutes a game. I'm fine with that. You know, if you can have Rob be your rim runner, uh, I think this year he'll have an expanded role. Obviously, with Al unfortunately being yeah. gone and and no championship dreams, really. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, I I for, I I know everyone loved Time Lord, and everyone wanted him to play a bunch I was okay with how they were handling him. I understood he was raw I understood you know he blocked shots and all this but he he did need to learn a bit, little bit and I do like how they sent them to the G League for a good amount of the season we kept on calling them calling him up and getting a, his cup of coffee in the bigs but then staying out in the minors for a little bit so I like the way they handled Rob I think this year he puts in a lot of work I think there was a report that Gordon Rob like Smart and Tatum were always like I've been in the gym every day, like it's really early before Danny gets to the facility every day, something like that. There's a group that's been grinding their ass off, which is good to hear, especially as a Celtics fan. So I think that's they could go in that direction, pay, play them 30 minutes a night, 28 minutes a night. You don't have to over-exhaust them. And then he gets that rebound, like Adam said, and negates that. You know, the Tristan Thompson's of the world, the Andre Drummond's of the world, stuff like that, that really do kill the Celtics he can put his elbow in there and get some of those rebounds that normally everyone else and their mother would get except for the Celtics.
1: Yeah. It's been a point of frustration for me, dude. Um, oh, yeah. Growing up in the area I grew up with, man, where it was, you know, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, these big guys that just grab boards, dude. It's a problem. The question is that I've got for you guys is where do you see Williams fitting in in terms of minutes in the rotation this season?
2: I don't think, I still don't think that he's going to get all too many minutes. I mean, I think they're going to try him and it's really going to be in those first 20, 25 games. is going to determine how the rest of his year goes, obviously. But I think that maybe he's getting 12 minutes a game. I mean, like Cody said, he's really raw. There's all the athletic potential there and everything, but his defense uh, positioning was horrific last year. He could make up for it because of these blocks. And like I said, the, the physicality of him, his athleticism, but it's mainly that for me. On offense, it's not all too difficult. You're setting screens um, as long as you get wide and low and just stand in the dunking spot on offense, then sure. But on defense, I just need you to be in the right spot in order to help. And this is where I feel like losing Aaron Baines, Al Horford really hurts. Like Al Horford, even Grant Williams, uh, our pick we just got from Tennessee, was raving about how he had studied Horford, and it just made me hurt even more of, like, man, Horford would be such a perfect mentor for these guys. So, you know, maybe he got a year of it, but it's going to rely on that defensive positioning, I feel like. So I'm going to say about 12 minutes this year.
0: Yeah, 12, 12 to 15 sounds good for Rob. Like you said, those first 20, 25 games where Brad's still figuring out rotations, everyone's trying to adjust to their role. Um, that's when you really see, after that, that's when the rotations become set in stone, bearing injury, bearing other things of that nature. So, yeah, I think it's 15 to 12 minutes. Uh, probably get closer to 20, 18 to 20 in the beginning of the season, and then they'll probably dip down unless he played really, really well, and then he might get more. But, yeah, I can see him be you know, like 12 minutes off the bench. Not the, not the, um, first big off the bench, but he'll be, you know, in that rotation.
2: Yeah, well we, well, we definitely need a starting center, obviously. I don't think that Rob is that, and we mentioned a couple of them, but it, it's not a good free agent center class this year. I mean, depending how you feel about Vucevic, uh, like we said, there's Valanciunas, and then Brooke Lopez and Dwayne Dedman. After that, obviously, there's still Horford. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, Robin Lopez, uh Boban. Boogie is there, uh... Kyle O'Quinn. Give
1: me Boban every day. (laughs) I love that guy.
2: Ekpe Udo, Amir Johnson, Zaza, Tyson Chandler, Nerlandz Noel, Joakim Noah, Zubak, Birch, Bell, Looney. Like, it's just a a bad tier of bigs. I mean, some of them are okay. I like Looney. I think that Bell could be interesting also. McGee's not terrible, but you're really, our center position is not going to look good this year.
1: McGee just come from the Lakers. Fuck McGee. <laughs> I t-
0: take I take McGee. I, McGee was I mean he probably get just a mid level exception or just a min contract. I would take McGee. I think he gives you that stuff you need. Obviously at a level lower. I feel like he is a step above. He's like an experienced Rob Williams. He just is better at you know defense like that. I mean. We forgot the beginning of the the first like thirty games of the season. JaVale McGee was a serious defensive player, of the serious defensive player of the year candidate. <laughs> Remember that he was getting yeah, like five yeah. blocks a game. He was doing pretty darn well.
1: It's I feel like he swears say, it's because yeah. he went vegan as well.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, I, I would take JaVale McGee. He just he's a big body down low. You get rebounds, and you know, block shots. It's what we need: rebounding and, and rim protection. That's what we've needed for the last. Five years, and we still haven't really got it. So if we can do that, I'd be fine. I don't care who it is.
2: That's a Willie Colley Stein that knows his role. Everyone that says they want Willie Colley yeah. Stein, I would take uh, McGee over him 10 times out of 10. The two guys that really interest me uh would be kavon Looney and then Zubak. And I think that Zubak's restricted, but the Clippers got big dreams. If they take, I will trade them, Al Horford, for Zubak. Like, I will. I would take that swap. That works fine for me. I think that there's upside there for Zubac. I does he shoot the three, Adam? I know you know Zubac a little better than I do.
1: He does. It's not a great clip. He'll he's really good, like um setting a screen and then fading off it to the elbow at the three, and he's okay there. But he's very very raw still. Like, yeah. I don't know if you watch much of the Clippers versus the, the Golden State games, but he was um. He's very prone to fumbling when he grabs a rebound. He's—it's easy to take the ball from him. Yeah, I just don't see—I don't see him as a starting guys. center. That's my problem yeah. with him at the moment.
2: Yeah. Well, there's—I mean, like I said, I mean, there's just not that many really starting centers that are going to be available. Like, Give me
1: Kevin Looney, dude. Yeah, I'm so like high on like Looney, dude.
2: Yeah.
1: I like Looney yeah, as well.
2: well. Yeah, I like. I really value a big that can set good screens. I Zubac hate bigs do that, that for you. Yeah, I hate bigs that run up and then just seem to, like, brush off the guy and then slip every single time. Like, I get that kind of game planning also, but if you don't get wide on your stance and set good screens, it just bothers the hell out of me. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can get some of those restricted guys like Zubok or I maybe like Thomas Bryant has some upside to him, but he's pretty much all offense. The center, I, I said it earlier, I mean, it's just not, not going to look great this year.
1: So look, Zubats, if you're getting him on like a three or four year deal, you're going to get a great player. He's not going to be great this year. He'll be good. I mean, when he went to the Clippers this year, he, everybody thought it was a bad move for the Lakers at the beginning. Everyone at the end of it thought it was an absolutely horrendous move for the Lakers. The guy can play. He's just under, yeah. pressure, under pressure at the moment. If, if he gets double teamed or if he comes against a physical defense, he crumbles a little bit. But those are things that you can iron out with the right coaching staff and a bit more experience. So long-term, he'd be a great pickup. For this season, there'd be some teething problems, I think.
2: Yeah. What about you? Well, what about? Uh,
0: sorry, what were we talking about? I don't
2: know.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Looney, oh, well, yeah a Zubat no, Zubat yeah sorry so we're talking about Ibeka Zubat. uh let's see um what do see about Zubats? i mean i feel like he's kind of has that valencius game where he's like more back to the basket i don't know exactly how he is as a rebounder let me close my door my dogs are freaking out anyway um i think he's young and he has the potential to grow i mean does he have I'm not 100% sure if he has like a shot. Um, I'd rather go Looney. I think. I think I know what we get from Looney. This um, is his upside a little less than Zubats, yeah. Because I think he's, he's a couple years older. But I liked Looney at UCLA a few years ago when he came out. Uh, I thought he could use one more year in college. but He came out as a freshman and was a late pick by the Warriors. Obviously, um, I think he's he's not super athletic, but he's not unathletic either. Like he'll he's athletic enough. Like you said, the screen setting, he's a big kid. Um, I'd rather have Looney to be fair.
2: So, I mean, the other position that's really clearly a need, I know I talked Marcus into starting point guard for you, but there's definitely a need for another one here, and we like Marcus at the two at times. Uh, I guess the first thing to start with before we dive into free agent points is, do you want Terry back at all?
1: Nope. I'm good. I do not want Terry back.
0: And like I said, it's not a slight on Terry the player because Terry is a very capable player. And will things be different next year if his role changes? Maybe, sure. But at this point, I'm done with Terry. I really am. Uh, Terry frustrated me a lot. And at this point, I'd still rather—I would rather have that type of point guard off the bench than in the starting lineup. I would rather have a Marcus Smart type point guard in the starting lineup. And if Terry's going to get starter minutes, then Terry's going to take starter shots, which means all of the shots. And I feel like that would be as problematic as Kyrie was last year. Because Kyrie was actually good at when he took all the shots. Terry, I want to bash my head with a waffle iron every single time he got the ball. So I would rather go with a market smart, maybe a Ricky Rubio on a good deal, depending on how much Ricky Rubio is going for. I don't know exactly what his market is in terms of value. But if we yeah. can get him on like a eight six million dollar contract, good to go. I mean, that type of point guard I want past first point guard. Um, in the second unit, I think we're fine in house. I think Carson Edwards can be that second unit guy if you know he is as good as I think. I mean, he's an older guy; he was a senior. Uh so I feel like Carson Edwards could be that guy off the bench that we use um, to score main ball handler that can score and get you a bucket. Tremont Wander should most likely stay in Maine for most, if not all, the year. Um, so, a, a past first point guard off the bench. Plus, like, if you look at the, our, our draft, Romeo Lankford is a ball handler as well. I mean, he can handle yeah. the ball. His pick and roll numbers, as you were saying, uh, were fantastic last year. And he's finishing and getting to the rim as well. So, you don't necessarily need just a put the ball in his hands type guy Yeah, because we have a couple of those and like I've been saying basketball is becoming less and less positionless and more and more what skill can you bring me instead of having a point guard shooting guard small forward power forward center you have a rebounder a post defender a lock up defender a good passer and spot up shooter that's what you build your team around instead of what position they play it's what skills can I put on the court all at the same time? So, if you already have some of those skills done, you can go into other ways. Maybe like a, you know, Tyus Jones has been a name that's been thrown around. I'd yes. love to have Tyus Jones, depending on yes. whether he's going to be available or not um, from Minnesota. I think, it was he restricted free agent this season, or he still he has another year? Restricted. Yeah, so, uh, depending if Minnesota wants to keep him. They didn't get a point guard, so that might be the uh, indication that they're trying to keep Tyus Jones to run their unit. They got Jared Culver in the draft. We thought he would, they are going to get Garland, but they do like so Tyus Jones, it seems.
2: I, I just thought of a hypothetical since we're talking about Minnesota. I mean, I think that Danny has a good chance of taking on contracts and getting assets. He's going to go back into asset uh, acquiring mode. Yep. And Minnesota is heavily linked with Devo. Obviously, they got to drop a lot of money in order to do that, Uh, mainly coming from Jeff Teague, uh, because he's a very tradable contract, and their worst one is, um, uh, who's the center? Gorgie Dang. Gorgie Jang. Terrible contract. Doesn't even see the floor, and he's getting, what, like $15 million at least. I like Gorgie. Yeah, you might be the only one. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Teague is very acquirable, and they're going to need to get rid of money. How would you feel about potentially, you know, taking on a I don't know if you'd get a first round pick, but say you got two second round picks and Jeff
0: T just to take on his money here. I want to be I don't think that's a bad idea, honestly, and then you can use the rest of your cap that you have to fill in those guys that I was talking about, those Dwayne Denman's type players. Um, I actually like that a fair bit I mean, you get two seconds, which are most likely going to be some pretty high seconds, depending on who originally had them. Uh, Minnesota has been not great. They haven't got over that hump yet. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that'd be a good idea. Jeff Teague's a veteran point guard who just, you know, he knows his role definitely. He could be another veteran voice in the locker room of a kind of shattered, what Kyrie left of it. So, I actually, on more levels than one, is a pretty solid idea, actually. That's a good idea, Brendan. I wouldn't have thought of that.
2: I think there's going to be a couple guys that are on big contracts that Danny could do. I, I really think that he's going to go back to this asset acquiring, and it's going to be a couple years to a really competitive, like back championship level contenders. Uh, yeah,
0: we were talking about Hassan Whiteside being one of those guys that he can take money on.
2: Yeah, and uh, last don't, week, don't get me sure. wrong. I mean, we definitely are fans of Whiteside, but... That's a, what, $25 million contract? You're going to get back an asset for that, and it's just an expiring deal.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, he, he does the things we need. He he protects the rim and he rebounds. I mean, everything else, you know, he's not great at, but he does something that we actually need, too. So It's not like he's just going to be a waste of a player.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely could see Danny doing that with a couple different guys. Uh, To throw another, I have a little bit of a pipe dream of a backup point guard uh just because he was my first favorite player in the NBA is I would love Rondo back on this team. I could see him closing his career in Boston. Yeah. You know, maybe I'd the be fit happy isn't for Rondo. Dude. Yeah, maybe the fit isn't amazing because we could use some spacing but like Rondo running that second unit seeing him back in Boston and like he got a really bad rep in in a couple places like when he went to he went to Sacramento. What was his first team away from Boston? Dallas. Yeah. He. Oh, it was really bad in Dallas. Yeah, he,
0: he like, tried to fight Rick Carlisle. I was like, hey, Roger, yeah
2: Yeah, Carlisle nice, too. So that was... Yeah. That
0: Former was Celtic Rick Carlisle. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, but then after that, like in Chicago, Jimmy got a bunch of crap. But all the young guys were like, "Yeah, Rondo was the best leader I've ever had." Like, it seemed and like Rondo, great. they
0: were killing us in the playoffs. Yeah. Rondo went down, yeah. and that's what we—I thought we were going to lose to the Bulls first round. I was ready yeah. to, yeah. you know, punch air. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love Rondo back on this team just so I can wear my jersey again. Yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. Um, if we bring Rondo back, I mean, also it all depends on. We also think about it like this. Is Gordon Hayward going to start? Because that means you could do one or two things. If Gordon Hayward stays on the bench for the beginning of the season, just for the beginning of the season, just to see where he is, which I don't think is an awful idea. If you if we do bring in Rondo, do you see a Rondo, Smart, Jalen, Jason, and then whoever, the center lineup, which is kind of awful for spacing now that I yeah. think about it. Or do you do run Rondo on that second unit? Do you think he... Is deserving of a starting because yeah, he started over ball at the beginning of the year.
2: Yeah, or, I, I don't know. I, I think that I would probably have him off the bench. I honestly think him and Smart are fairly similar. Smart's just uh, a little. Younger. Oh, wait. With, yeah, he's a
0: He's the a middle. better. He's a he's a better defender. I like yeah, Rondo. I think Rondo for his career was kind of an overrated defender. I think he was good. I didn't think he was that's like fair, fantastic. Fair. He got a lot of steals, so I think that's why everyone thought he was like an yeah. insane defender. I thought well, he was a he good defender. And he's he's extreme. He has some incredible IQ. That is yeah, true. Yes. So,
2: and then I mean, another uh, just to throw a couple more backup point guards out here, like or I guess first you mentioned Rubio, and everything I've seen with Rubio, like he's mentioned the Celtics before, but just very briefly saying that you know maybe there's a spot there. All he every team he mentioned, he he is looking for a starting spot, and right. I don't hate it. Uh, but I mean for a guy to be like, you know, I, want, I practically like I need to be starting, that turns me off a little bit. Uh Pat I'm not territory. the biggest Yeah, I'm not the biggest yeah. Rubio guy. I like Corey Joseph. He really feels like a Celtic. Like, I, yeah, I did a breakdown be. yeah. between Joseph and Beverly and Beverly's like this known great defender. Honestly, it felt like Corey Joseph was a better defender than Patrick Beverly. And it yeah. blew my mind. Like yeah, it, well I get the main difference was that Beverly can guard threes. Joseph can't. Um, uh-huh. But if he strays uh, a lot.
0: He's a strong yeah, boy.
2: Yeah, but Joseph was an insane defender, picking up full court every single possession. Uh, he doesn't shoot well, but he's capable. I would love Joseph uh, or Beverly. I, I really am big fans of both of those guys. The intensity. Uh, they can play make a little bit there. Those guys both really interests me
1: the only problem with beverly is is the contract that he's going to be demanding yeah this guy hasn't been paid much in his career so he's he wants to get paid dude and there's going to be a team out there that are willing to pay him personally i'm down dude i think him and marcus smart will play fantastic together he plays the type of basketball buster needs that in your face never back down style of basketball Oh, the city would fall in love. Oh, straight up, dude. And he can shoot the three. He isn't a terrible shooter. Oh,
2: that was, yeah. I mean, well, between Beverly and Joseph, like I said, I think Joseph's actually a better defender. But on offense, Beverly is head and shoulders above Corey Joseph. I'd be and all Anytime anybody goes under a screen on Patrick Beverly, he is pulling it. And he hits it at a damn good percentage. The last three years, he was almost above 40% every single year. Like, Beverly is so well-rounded.
1: There's a few teams that are after him. Weren't the Kings looking at him at one point?
2: Oh yeah, uh, before Horford became available, Beverly was my number one one on the Kings for this entire offseason. And the Kings are a team that
1: would be willing to overpay for him, like and Beverly we being available, about him. We being available as well as is all free. contingent on under- the yeah. Clippers as well. Because if the Clippers strike out on the players that they're currently coveting, you know, Ka- Kawhi, um, whoever yeah. else they're after, I mean, at the moment Horford. it's pretty much Kawhi. But if they strike out, then they're going to bring Beverly back. I mean, they overachieved this year with Beverly in the lineup. I can't see them just letting him yeah. go.
2: Well, one hey. thing I saw was Beverly said that he's not going to wait for the Clippers, though. So if if they are just keeping him on hold on the back burner, then he's not going to be about that. Like Beverly's going to go out and explore instantly. And if you throw him something that he's not going to be able to deny, then he'll take it. But teams will overpay. He's from Chicago. They desperately need a point guard and him. Mm-hmm really been linked to him uh hopefully they take terry for some reason instead over him uh (laughs) like you said the kings i mean we've talked about completely overpaying giving him like a three-year 50 million dollar contract um but i think that there's something about being in boston also like we said that maybe 12 million dollars a year could get it done like you throw him a three-year 36 maybe a three-year 40 give it a little bit more there beverly i would freaking love it
1: you throw him a free year forty that takes his career earnings up to seventy five million dollars. I can't see him turning that down, especially when you're playing in Boston. I mean, do you guys agree that the fan base there is a big pull for any free agent?
2: I think that yeah, I mean there's a legacy to Boston and it's just like just being the Celtics. Even even like Paul Pierce, for example, like grew up a Laker and hated the Celtics, but the even the fact that you know you knew the Celtics your entire life. Like the Celtics are always been one of the biggest franchises, you know? Like you can go overseas to where you are, Adam. And if someone's like, I play for the Sacramento Kings, be like, What like who who are you name I can't name one of your teammates. And, but if you're like, No, I play for the Boston Celtics, people are like, Holy shit, let me get an autograph,
1: you know? Yeah, you got the Celtics, the Bulls and the Lakers. That's it here, dude.
2: Yeah. And I think that that, that matters. I mean, maybe more to other guys, some guys than others but i think it does help but i don't want to get to this whole laker thing where we think that everyone is going to want to come sign here just
1: because. oh no i just team. think that it's it's an added bonus it's something that you can actually you know it's something that can be brought up during a negotiation where it's like yeah. everybody wants to experience the td during playoffs or during late game situations yeah. with the game on the line the atmosphere is just different
2: yeah, the fans are smart, and I think the big pull of the Celtics is Brad Stevens and Danny H. I'm
1: not going to disagree
0: there. Brad Stevens, oh. to me, is God. Here, so, I'm going to keep a buck with you guys. No one wants to come to, the, to Boston. It's okay. just fact. No one comes to Boston. And that's, other than the Red Sox, in my life, you know, I've followed b- Boston sports since, you know, what, sixth grade when I actually knew what was going on. Other than the Red Sox, and baseball's weird because you can pay some ridiculous contracts, and the more money you earn as a team is the more money you can spend. Like They don't really have a salary cap, so since the Red Sox are like the second most popular team in baseball, they have continuously a lot of money to spend. If you look at the free agents that have come to Boston, Al Horford and Gordon Hayward are our two biggest free agent signings in our the Celtics' history. No one's yeah. ever come to Boston because, as much as we love Boston and you know, obviously we follow this team, we we love them and we see them for all the good. What the rest of the world sees is they see Boston. They they Boston's racist. That's like a thing. Boston, you know, there are a few fans who are just awful human beings. That so Boston don't give a shit. And so as we'll be like, no, those are like three people. Well, those are the three people that everyone else hears. So a lot of people don't, a lot of players don't come to Boston because it's cold, you know, it's this, that, you know, the fans are racist, you know, especially, you know, Danny trading everybody, how genius it is in reality that does, I think, affect players coming there. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to get traded, you know, when I try to buy a house and then all of a sudden I have to sell that because I'm getting shipped to Houston or Utah, whatever. Yeah. Other than Gordon and we do our damage in the draft and being smart and everybody else in traits. Red Arbach, who is the smartest sports mind in the history of sports in general. His rule for R- Larry Bird was genius. Kevin McHale, genius. To get Len Bias, genius. All, whatever Red did was Genius. Russell, you know, have you heard the, the story of the uh, Bill Russell trade? You ever heard so. that story? No, so I've not back like that. In, So it was 57 draft, 56 draft. They had the second pick, the St. Louis Hawks the first pick. They were going to take Bill Russell because Bill Russell was, you know, that year Zion Williams said no one was going to take anyone but Bill Russell. That year, a circus was coming to the TD Garden to perform. Red Arbach <laughs> said, I'll give you the second pick. This future Hall of Famer Ed McCauley, I think, who became a good player. And I'm going to tell the circus to go to St. Louis for you if you give them an overall pick. He said, "Okay." They got Bill Russell. And there goes the dynasty. Larry Bird. Larry, he Red Arbach asked Larry Bird to come out a year before he a, a, uh, his junior year, and said, "Let us draft you," because in that day you had a full calendar year to sign your draft picks. They told Larry Bird. Enter the draft. We'll pick you at six. Go back to Indiana State, and then you can come play for after a year. So we drafted Burden in 79, his first season, or 78. His first season was until 79, 80 because of the genius of Red Auerbach. Yep. Stuff like that. That's how Boston has been relevant. They have never signed free agents. The Patriots, they get washed up dudes or people that you never heard of, and then they turn them into good players. So you're like, oh, well, they signed a uh, blah and free agency. Yeah, well, he was also a third-string cornerback until he came here and all of a sudden was God. I mean, yeah. Stefani Gilmore was a big sign. Daryl Revis a couple years ago was a big sign. Randy Moss was a trade. Wes Welker was unheard of until he came to uh, Boston, uh, Foxborough. Obviously, the Tom Brady was drafted in sixth round. Uh, Corey Dillon was a big free agent up, but even then, I think he was a trade. So Boston doesn't do their damage through free Yeah, let's talk about the Red Sox, which the Red Sox do a bunch of damage through free Yeah, I
2: guess my nope. counter would be that if, if a player had an offer from, say, Chicago, Phoenix, and Boston, which are you picking? You know, all the same money. So I don't think that we have this crazy pool, but I think that we are a better situation than 10 to 15 other teams in the league. I agree with that but at the
0: same time i mean like you know it just depends like a lot of people i mean a lot of players right now they grew up playing watching michael jordan so a lot of them were like well i probably like would go to chicago because you know to follow jordan i mean you, we saw grant williams rave about boston and that's phenomenal that's great but there aren't a lot of people like yeah. grant williams i mean he's a one of a kind so that's just my spiel as much as I love Boston, as much as it is, in re- reality, Boston is a great place to be. It's one, it's a top market. There's some really good people here. I mean, the weather, you can say that about that, but I don't really think that matters a whole lot. You're traveling all year anyway, so what does it matter? I mean, I don't understand. It's like the summers are hot, so that's your off-season, and you're traveling all year. So it's not like you're in L.A. every day of the winter or in Boston every day of the winter. But anyway, that's just how I thats how I view it. That's how we'll view it, because we love this place. I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts all my life. Uh, and you're and, like, and hey, all the gyms are the same temperature. <laughs> yeah, legit. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the thing that turn them off is Boston has a reputation for being racist and very irrational. That's the one thing about Boston is if you don't perform right away, we turn on you like we are hounds. Yeah. And I'm a culprit of that and that's just the nature because we're so accustomed to winning, so accustomed to the best that you should you need to give us the best to earn our love and trust or you got you got to give it your all or be the best. You know, you see Marcus Smart. He fucks up all the time. Me damn it, he gives you 138% on all his fuck-ups. And that's why we love him because that's Boston. We fuck up all the time. I am a fuck up, but I do it 138%. Damn it. There <laughs>
1: That was this week's Cody's hot take.
0: Yeah. Cody's hot take. I'm a (laughs) fuck (laughs) up.
2: Not very hot take.
1: No, that was like fucking facts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support. Always, man. Always. So, guys, we're going to wrap it up there unless anybody's got anything else they want to touch upon.
2: I got one more guy. Yep. Hit it. It's D'Lo. How do you guys feel about this?
1: I'm not against it. I don't think it's a bad idea. I'm not going to be doing backflips through the street if he comes. I'm also not going to be crying into my pillow at the same time. I just yeah, feel yeah, like... I... Huh?
2: Yeah, I was going to say... Did... I
0: gonna, I gonna, I gonna... Go, go, burn. Are you.
2: I'll, <laughs> uh, All, like, just to preface it, I mean, he fits the timeline is, I think, what's intriguing. And that he's a good player. But the question mark is, is it how much are you taking away looks from Tatum and Brown, and I think it depends how you really feel about mainly Brown, I guess.
0: Yeah, my 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 whole thing. I think we were talking about this the other day. Um, you know, personally, but I wouldn't. I would if he if Dilo ends up coming here, I wouldn't be like oh boo or like, like I guess I wouldn't be doing back flips in the street. Um, but I just would rather go in this direction where you have let the shots go to Jalen Jason and Gordon. I think bringing in another ball dominant point guard, who's an okay playmaker and will take 15 to 20 shots a game. I don't like that. I would rather give those 15, 20 shots a game to both Hayward and, and Tatum and then Brown getting a good amount of shots as well. Um, there's only so much basketball to go around, and I think the Celtics fans, and we definitely are have been harping on that point all year, the last 12 months. So we know that there's only one ball to go around. So I'd rather just stay with this initiative of go young, get complimentary pieces to what we would count as our quote-unquote stars, and then just, this is an experimental year. This year, like we'll say, this year we'll, we'll determine what we think of Jalen Brown or where we think his role is with the team. Um, Going forward, this will see how much of a ceiling do we think Jason Tatum actually has. Where is Gordon physically and mentally, and will he ever get better, or will he stay this inconsistent 30 points one night, three points the next six nights? Uh, What's our center situation looking like, and can Marcus Smart be a lead point guard? And I would rather go in that direction and just put a bunch of questions and then fill it out throughout the end of the season than just try to mesh together good players and stay relevant. I think that's just a out, in my opinion.
1: What do you think, Adam? Sorry, I thought the mic was on mute. I was looking everywhere for a button to press. No, I think that he's going to be a good player. I think that he provides us with something. He um, He's definitely going to be a... I've lost my train of thought. He's definitely going to be a good facilitator. His, the problem is, well, like you said, if he takes away shots from the other guys. The only thing I have got against him is... Up until this year, he hasn't really done much. He's uh, he's bounced around between the Lakers and he went to the Nets. Last year was like his breakout year. We don't know if that was just a one-season wonder. We see it all the time. Guys have a really good season and, and can never replicate that again. So, it'd be, yeah. you know, to me, it's like you're taking a big risk on a guy that's had a few good months in the NBA compared to a few poor years. Is that really a chance you want to be taking when you're already rebuilding, if you put him on a big contract, then yeah. now you're stuck with that and you need to hope that it wasn't just... I mean, you see it with guys like Evan Turner. In fact, he's a great example. Played great because of the system he was in. Had a fantastic year. Moves to another team and just can't replicate that form, but he's on a big contract and the team's stuck. How much of this yeah. is Delo's skill and how much is it he was in the right environment to perform well?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I think that that uh, that Boston team and this Nets team have a lot of similarities. Uh, Like There was a real argument that the Nets team was better when uh, Dinwiddie was on the floor than D'Lo. So, yeah, D'Lo looked great, but a lot of it goes to that system and all the other players that were on that team as well. So I definitely get what you're saying there.
1: That's my biggest thing about D'Lo at the moment is when you talk about guys like Pat Beverly, this guy's been in the league for years. You know exactly what's coming through the doors when he signs that contract because he's done it consistently <laughs> on multiple teams. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about Delo, as I've just said, you've seen him play poorly for the Lakers. Okay, he was a rookie. He was learning the league. He also had some issues in the locker room, which is not something to kind of brush off, especially after the last year we've just had. And then it's how much of this is because, as we say, he was in a great system in Brooklyn that was built around what he can do. He's going to be coming into a system now where he needs to fit in with Jason and Jalen and Marcus and Gordon. Can he replicate that form for Boston? Is it worth that contract? And that's my only worry about this whole D-Lo situation.
2: Yeah. But I mean, I guess the counter is that he has the highest upside out of anybody that
1: we could probably. Yeah, that oh, for sure, for sure, one hundred percent. And I mean, he's he's shot, great dude. His mid-range game's good. He can run the pick and roll. He yeah. he can pass the ball. He's a fan. Like when he was coming out in the draft, I was sure he was going to be a, a star. I just don't know whether or not this is going to be karma biting us if we get him for Evan Turner. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else want to come back at that? Anyone?
0: Um, I don't got the, anything to do on that But I think it's time for Cody's Hot Take I have to drop it It's Monday It is Monday yeah. So, or it will be Monday when y'all hear this Ha 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 So It's Monday, that means it's time for the Cody's Hot Take <laughs> <laughs> Here's my hot take For all For what it's worth Zion Williamson, John Morant RJ Barrett, those three are all rookie first team locks in there. Oh God. oh, God. In there. And I know where you think I'm going, and I'm not going that way, Brendan. It's Grant. Grant Williams will be an all rookie first teamer, and I 100% Ooh. believe this. He is a smart, strong player who has a great passing. Will he prep the numbers? No, but if you're smart, you know that he will be a top five rookie this year. I think John Morant has that locked up. RJ Barrett has that rocked up. Those are the two guard positions gone. I could see Romeo Langford struggling a little bit in the beginning. I think he's going to be a stud. But I can see, and plus he has to compete with RJ and what's his face, Jock, who's a guard. But that other forward spot, he's competing with Rui Hachimura, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, Brandon Bear, Clark, Bear. Culver. He's those are going to be good players but I could see Grant Williams having or if some years they have three forwards especially if there's there's not that that center I think Jackson Hayes could have some adjustment too I think Grant Williams is a lock for all NBA all NBA rookie first team that is my, my hot take that, that is, is my hot NBA take
1: that, the reason that's a really good hot take is by the time it comes to fruition we're going to have forgot about this hot take
0: <laughs> Oh, so much. Jalen Brown is winning most improved player. (laughs) (laughs) I had him as an all-star last week, so let's do it.
1: Guys, you've been listening to the Celtic Center. You can now see yourself to the exit. (laughs) Later, later.